0: Block Talk Radio.
1: Wealthy Sisters is on the air. Wealthy Sisters, the show that features six and seven figure-earning women of color. Tune in Mondays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time as entrepreneur, author, speaker, Deborah Hartzett showcases the triumphant journey of these powerful sisters. You'll be inspired, encouraged, and informed every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Our call-in number is 347 838 92784 listen live 24 hours a day at www.wealthysisters.com. Now, our host,
0: Deborah Hardnett. Wealthy Sisters
1: is on the air. Wealthy Sisters, the show that features six and seven figure earning women of color. Tune in Mondays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time as entrepreneur, author, speaker Deborah Hartzett showcases the triumphant journey of these powerful sisters. You'll be inspired, encouraged, and informed every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Our call in number is 347 838 92784. Listen live 24 hours a day at www.wealthysisters.com. Now, our host, Deborah Hardnett.
2: Well, hello and welcome to Wealthy Sisters, sponsored by the Big Thinkers Academy, where we provide professional solutions for maximizing human potential. We want to announce that the website is live. We've just launched. You can visit us at www.bigthinkersacademy.com. Be sure to check out our new nonverbal communication workshop that's coming up this February. Again, that's bigthinkersacademy.com. Wealthy Sisters is where we celebrate the lives of six and seven figure earning women, and our purpose is twofold. First, we love to provide inspiration and encouragement to you, our fabulous listener, and second, we must and say thank you, edify, and acknowledge the powerful sisters for doing big things. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, broadcasting live on the Worldwide Blog Talk Network. And today happens to be another fabulous Monday, November the 7th, 2011. And you know what? I hope you're as excited about your future as I am because, trust me, it is extremely bright. It really is. And, you know, we are here every week at the same time as Monday, at 12 noon eastern so go out and tell everybody about the good news and i just have a quick question i want to know have you heard the word out on the street as they say have you heard about the small business saturday well i need to tell you small business saturday is a national initiative that declares a day to support the local businesses that do what they create jobs they boost the economy and they preserve the neighborhoods around the country you know first you heard about Black Friday, then you heard about Cyber Monday, well, we are proud to announce that there is Small Business Saturday, and this event is going to drive shoppers to the local independently owned merchants. It started last year, 2010, and the founding sponsor, American Express, was able to get over 1.5 million Facebook users, over 130 small businesses and groups and public and private organizations to come together for this initiative well we are pleased here at wealthy sisters and the professional black woman and big thinkers academy to say that we are in support of the second annual business Small Business Saturday. It's a day to rally together and support your small businesses. Go right now to Facebook.com forward slash Small Business Saturday. That's Facebook.com forward slash Small Business Saturday to join in this great initiative. Give a shout-out to your favorite local stores and shop with us on Small Business Saturday, November 26, 2011. Again, that's November 26, 2011. Wow, I am so thrilled about our show today. It is it is just Packed with power, I know you all can feel it right through the phones, and you can see it and feel it through the chat room. There, I want to quote uh, a Captain Barb. You can Google her. I'm taking this straight from her website. Captain Barb said, "Did you know that there were almost two million women veterans from the American Revolution to Panama to Bosnia to Kosovo, Afghanistan, and Iraq? Women have served in some way in every country. Not that they were legal in the early days History tells us that there are about 33,000 women who served in World War One, and then almost another 500,000 that took place in World War Two. During the Korean era, over 120,000 women were in uniform and 7,000 were deployed in theater during Vietnam. During Desert Storm, 7% of the total U.S. forces deployed were women, over 40,000, and we know that number has increased. So today we have on our show some fabulous, dynamic women soldiers. We have none other than Miss General. Clara L. Adams Ender And also Captain Jasmine Booth So you know what you need to do right now You have got to go and tell everybody Facebook them, tweet them, text them Tell them the dial right now 347-838-9278 Again that's 347-838-9278 Because we have a Power Pack show for you today And you can always listen live Right at your um, website there At Wealthy Sisters Radio Oh that's wealthy sisters s i s t a s radio dot com we're here live and also remember to follow us on facebook and you can find us there on twitter under wealthy sisters and even when you dial into the blog talk network remember to mark us as your favorite there as well. I tell you this resume is incredible. I you know when I talk about honor, when we look at General Clara L Adams Ender, she received her baccalaureate degree in nursing from North Carolina A&T. I know I hear you all shouting out there for North Carolina a Master's of Science degree in Nursing from the University of Minneapolis, and a Master of Military Art and Science degree from the Command and General Staff College at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. She has been awarded, get this, 12 honorary doctorate degrees in law, public service, human letters, and science. General Adams Ender rose from a staff nurse in the Army Nurse Corps to become the chief executive officer for more than 22,000 nurses. A brigadier general and director of personnel for the Army Surgeon General, she was vice president for nursing at the prestigious Walter Reed Army Medical Center there in D.C., the largest health care facility in the Department of Defense, and in 1967 she became the first female in the army to be awarded the expert field medical badge, wow General Adams Ender also commanded an army base, which is a position equivalent to a city manager or magistrate or mayor of a city. She was responsible for more than $90 million budget while providing quality customer service to 85 different constituent groups. So when we come back from this short break, I'm telling you all are in for a treat, she is a fireball. You're going to love her. We're going to bring on the line none other than General Clara L. Adams Ender. We'll be right back. Having more money won't solve your problems but being a trusted client of Visionary Financial Strategies will. Your help begins on the web by contacting dfstrategies.com. That's a dfstrategies.com or 410-929-4837. Again, 410-929-4837. At Visionary Financial Strategies, every financial move must have a purpose. Visionary Financial strategy. This segment is sponsored by WillDrake.com. That's www.WillDrake.com. The hot new suspense novel, Bad and Worse, A Tale of Men, published by Permal Co-Publishing. Sometimes the only way to stop a killer is to love him. Available in stores November 2009. Yes, we are live back on Wealthy Sisters. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, it is always to be here. I want to thank you for tuning in to our show today and remind you that you can catch this episode and all of our other phenomenal shows with the powerful women and men that have graced our stage at the wealthy sisters That's wealthy sisters Today, like I said, we have a powerful show. Just, I know you feel the energy, and I'm not going to hold them from you any longer. I want to welcome right now to the line General Clara L. Adams Ender. Hello, and welcome to Wealthy Sisters. Hi,
3: Deborah. How are you?
2: Oh, we are doing great. Thank you so much for, first of all, just serving our country in such a, a magnificent way and setting a powerful example for all of us. We thank you for being here today with us as well.
3: Thank you very much.
2: Yes, ma'am. So I tell you, your your resume, I could not, I mean, do it any justice. I mean, there is so much more uh, that you have been able to accomplish in your short time frame here on this world, and uh, you just just done some incredible things. Why don't you start out telling us where you grew up and what made you join the military? Well, I grew
3: up in uh, North Carolina, uh, a -hmm. little town called Willow Springs was where I was born, and it's about 14 miles uh, south of the capital city of Raleigh. Uh, Um. I was born there, and I was just thinking about the other day. Well, I won't tell you about my age time, but I can tell you (laughs) that
4: when the United
3: Nations was created in 1945, I was six years old. All right. Wow. <laughs> it was wow. a yes. <laughs> I I grew up on a, a farm. I'm a country girl, and I'm very proud of that fact. Uh, uh-huh. And I'll tell you a little bit later how come. But uh, I grew up there with my uh, nine brothers and sisters. There were ten of us uh, in the family. And we were on a tobacco farm. And during that time, North Carolina grew about 70% of the nation's cigarette-smoking tobacco. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, that was tough work. And uh, in doing those fields uh, through my uh, grade school and high school days, I just made a decision that I could not do that for the rest of my life. And mm-hmm. I set a goal to make sure that I didn't.
0: Mm-hmm. But it was mm-hmm.
3: a great learning experience. I learned how to do hard work very early in my life.
2: Mm-hmm, 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 hmm and you said that hard work paid off throughout your life huh
3: yes ma'am it certainly did <laughs> well how did
2: you made it you made that commitment you said now this is not what I plan on doing. I, I think I remember Oprah said, her her grandmother said, baby, when they were hanging out the laundry, I think, on the clothesline, and she said, you know, baby, you pay close attention because you need to learn that you're going to be doing this. And Oprah, I think she said she was four or five. She said, no, ma'am, I'm not going to be doing this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, you made that decision, this is not what I'm going to be doing. Uh, I'm grateful for it, no doubt, but... I'm going to do something else. What what was it that did you, you did you go to North Carolina A&T first or did you say I'm going to join the military had had you been exposed to that before?
3: No ma'am. I will <laughs> tell you um when I was 4 years old I made a big decision about what I was going to do in life. And hmm. I I I did that because my sister taught me to read when I was 4. And I've been reading ever since, all sorts of books and things of that nature. And I remember reading a magazine one day, and it talked about a woman who's dressed in these great judicial black robes. And I said, hmm, that looks like a person I'd like to be. And Mm -hmm. so I said to my mother, what do you have to do to be one of these people? And she said, well, that's a judge, and the first thing you have to do is be a lawyer. I said, that's it. I'm
0: going (laughs) for (laughs) it.
3: And, of course, that started... uh, the uh, whole interest of my father who said that that's not the right thing for a woman to do.
2: Oh, A proper woman
3: does the proper job, and lawyers are liars, and that's best left to men. That's really what he told me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And and so at
3: that time, uh, unfortunately, we didn't have the kinds of uh, opportunities that we have today with scholarships and and Mm -hmm. work-study programs and those kinds of things. So uh, he told me that what I should really be was a nurse. He says, uh, mm-hmm. you'll always have a job, and uh you need to do something that's safe uh in the in the workplace so mm-hmm. i uh it was his he said and I'm ready to send you up to that college uh to to <laughs> go to school. They have a new program up there, and that's where my money's going
0: oh so all it right <laughs> was, it was his
3: money and my ambition, and I guess he won." <laughs> So I, Because I reasoned, well, you know, I don't have money to do it on my own. It's best to have right. an education as a nurse than have no education right. at all. I said, I can right. start there, but I'll show him I'll change one of these days and I'll go ahead to law school as I intend to. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm, well, as mm-hmm. uh,
3: as it turned out, it didn't quite work out that way. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so, so you went on to North Carolina A&T and then decided to go – to Minneapolis was that like a big culture shock for you going there to that school or Well, it was, was there some but, transition in there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it
3: was, but it took me a little bit of time to get from uh t to Minneapolis. I had okay. to first finish uh, I joined I joined the army in uh 1959. And I did okay. it because they had we had a nursing shortage at that time, which comes okay. and goes all of the time and uh, they needed nurses in the Army. So they were offering scholarship money
0: for uh-huh.
3: anyone who was a nursing student. They'd pay either one or two years of your education, tuition, room, and board, uh, in exchange for two or three years on active duty. And I said, mm. oh, I bet I can do that. So <laughs> I decided I'd go in and hear what the uh, the – young major had to say about that, and so she told me all of the things that was going on. I was 19 years old at the time, and so I said, I, can, I think I can do that. And she said, well, don't you want to know about the obligation? And I said, yes, ma'am, you can tell me. I said, but, you know, I'm 19. I think I can do most anything.
0: <laughs> <So> <laughs> she told me about
3: the obligation, and I uh, had to get my mother and father to sign because I was not 21 yet, and so they both signed for me to go, and uh, I joined the Army as a private in 1959. Wow. And and uh, I went in full thinking that I would do my three years, get out, get married, have babies, and get on with my life. That was uh-huh. the thought in my head. And uh-huh. uh, 34 years later, I left. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell youngsters till today, don't ever burn bridges. You never know what wow. you might do at any wow. point in time. Because as wow. it turned out, it turned out very, very well for me Yes,
0: mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, stay on. Mm-hmm, and so I did. Mm-hmm. And I
3: stayed on because I liked it. Mm-hmm,
0: I enjoyed
3: mm-hmm. the lifestyle. I enjoyed the fact that I could go to places. I would be assigned to various hospitals around the country, and the Army would send me there, and I'd have to figure out how I was going to make it and to get there and do the things that I needed to do. And it all turned out very, very well for me.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so once you knew, you know, this is where I'm going to be, I guess by year five you knew that you know this, I'm going to make a career of this, or at what point did you make that decision that you said, I'm I'm just going to stay in here as long as they'll let me stay? Yeah,
3: well, I'll tell you, you're right. It was about the fifth year because I -hmm. was at that time selected to go to what they call the career course. Uh, it's a course for individuals that uh, the military has determined were bright and shining stars and may be able to be successful in the future. And so then they sent us off to a course. At that time, the course was uh, was uh, nine months long. And so we went off to the course. And I uh, took that course and while I was down there, I met a uh, lieutenant colonel who was to become my mentor and was my mentor for the rest of my career. And she said, you know, you, you don't have to make a decision today about whether or not you want to stay in the Army for a long period of time. She said, you know, but the one thing you do have to do, because I had ambitions of going to get my master's degree, she said one thing you do have to do is look like you intend to stay. So that means that you need to join the regular army because you had to do a separate uh, thing to do that at that time. You had to join the regular army and then request the school that you wanted to go to first get selected as a regular army officer, and then they would consider your application. So I did that, and I got selected to go and get my master's degree in my fifth year. Wow, that's
2: yes. that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So yes. off you go. You you you're going right. on to Minneapolis, uh, right. Minnesota. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yes.
0: Uh huh. Colder wow, than cold. <laughs>
3: I mean, the school was absolutely wonderful. They have one uh-huh. of the finest nursing programs in this country. But I can mm-hmm. tell you that the weather almost done me <laughs> in. <laughs>
2: You said if you could, you could do that. What's that? That base I hear uh, that a lot of people say is it Fort, is it Fort Drum that's in New York? Oh is yeah, oh yeah. That? It gets very cold up there too. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah sure. Oh yeah, you could you can survive anywhere, huh? Yeah.
3: Well, I decided I wanted to go to the University of Minnesota because one, mm-hmm. they had a great uh, nursing school, and we knew about that at uh, at the time. But the other mm-hmm. thing was. I believe that education should be done in all parts of the country. And so I'd gone yes. to school in the east, east for my bachelor's degree. And I I'd, mm-hmm. I'd looked on the map and I saw, you know, the, the Army normally does not send soldiers to uh, Minnesota because, see, they have mm-hmm. to learn how to dig foxholes. And it's pretty tough to dig a foxhole in frozen ground. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you see? Okay, so okay, I figured
3: I would not get there unless I went there to get my master's degree, and uh that was absolutely true because i I've not even been signed close uh, since that time, and so uh-huh. I went to get my master's there, and that was very very good for me uh to be wow. able to do that
2: yes, to be able to do that that's incredible, yes. so you're on your journey and you uh, uh, you know are living you're traveling the country that you do quite a bit of international traveling as well.
3: Yes. I was in the Army 14 months and I was in Korea. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm, Yeah, I was mm -hmm, there for mm -hmm. a year
3: and had a wonderful time uh, in Korea because I got, of course, to meet a new group of people that I didn't know about and these were the Orientals because nobody looked like that in my neighborhood.
0: Right, right. So right, right.
3: I got to meet them and to talk with them and while I was there I volunteered to teach nursing at one of the nursing schools they have there and it's one of the largest universities in the country uh, these days. And mm-hmm. so I I and I also tutored youngsters in conversational English. Mm-hmm. And that was a good program for me because uh, I did not know it before, but I found out at the time that uh, any country that the United States did business with, uh, they required that the children have seven years of English. So their first mm-hmm. seven years, they have had English, and they know mm-hmm. English, but they don't mm-hmm. speak it very well because they've never had a conversation with anyone mm-hmm. in English. And so mm-hmm. I would sit and, and talk with them. Uh Mm-hmm. And I found mm-hmm. out that they also knew a lot about the history of the United States too,
0: mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm.
3: because they would they would talk to me about things that they'd learned in their school and about uh, uh, people that they'd learned about, and then I would be able to answer them in English, and we just have a conversation for about an hour every day.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I know we read in your bio in sixty seven nineteen sixty seven you became the first female congratulations Thank you. in the army to be awarded the expert field medical badge. Can you tell us more about that and what was that experience like for you?
3: All right,
2: um, the
3: basic uh, reasons why uh, medics or the healthcare personnel within the army exists is to be able mm-hmm. to provide the care that is needed for soldiers in times of combat. Mm -hmm. And the expert field medical badge was a test uh, that they gave at that time. We had to do it all on the weekends. It's a volunteer program. We had to do it on the weekends. And you had to do the test for the purpose of making sure that you were qualified to take care of the troops uh, in combat. And so we had to do all of those things that was necessary to test those skills. One uh, major thing that we had to do was to walk uh, 12 miles in, uh, eight or 12 miles in three hours
0: wow. uh, in
3: order to be able to test your physical skills. We had to learn how to transport the sick and wounded. Uh, under fire, and so we had to crawl underneath the barbed wire, and and, and you at the same time because you're working teams, you also <laughs> have to take your your uh, patient along with you, which means that you got to carry them either on a stretcher or you got to figure out how you're going to drag them along so that you can get them out of the line of fire, and so we had to t- 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 to test that, and we had to test all of the uh, first aid and and seriously. Uh, taking care of serious injuries within the the, uh, war zone, uh, within the combat zone, in order to be able to take uh, care of the troops. And that was a four-day, we did four weekends in order to be able to do those tests. I was the only female with the group, and uh, I I guess until today there are a number of people that were out there who thought that the reason how come I was there to be the first woman uh, who got the expert field medical badge in the Army. But actually, that was not my reason for being there.
0: Uh,
3: When I I came in the Army, I learned that men work mostly outside and women work mostly inside. Now, Uh that would have done very well for me had I been a person who loved to clean house and wash dishes. But I was never one of those people.
0: Uh, the, The people that I
3: grew up with was my two brothers. One who was uh-huh. older than I was and one that was younger. So I learned uh-huh. and really enjoyed jumping out of hayloft and playing <laughs> baseball and doing all those things. Well, I couldn't uh-huh. do that when I came in the military because the the boys were out playing games in the field.
4: And uh-huh. I was uh-huh. in the hospital.
3: You see. <laughs> so I said, oh, this will never do. But when I saw this test come up, I said, oh, this is an opportunity for me to go out and play with my brothers.
2: And you didn't know at the time that no other female had done that before, huh? I did not, and I di-
3: also did not know that no other females were coming. I'd asked several <laughs> of them to go along with me. They said, no, we're not doing that. We don't have to do that. That's something you volunteer for. No, we're not doing that. So they wouldn't go out with me. I couldn't get any other nurses to go except for one male nurse. <laughs> She's and, crazy. And, and he would go to no, we're not doing it. She's out of her mind. And so they would come. I said, oh, well, you know, I never need a lot of people to go along with me to do anything. And so I just right. went on out there. And was, I got out there, and there were 50 guys and me, mm-hmm.
0: which was about mm-hmm. even. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right now. <laughs> so I had
3: a marvelous time. We had to do land navigation, you know, take the, uh-huh. the map and a compass and find your way in and out of certain places and go and find certain points. Uh-huh. I managed to do that. Did all of those things. Well, since we worked in teams, though, I had four three other guys who worked with me. So when we walked the day of the uh, of the twelve mile forced road march,
0: mm-hmm. I
3: was, women only had to walk uh, eight miles,
2: mm-hmm. but
3: I would be by myself had I only walked eight miles. So yeah, where I are you going?
2: They're gonna pick you up and come back and get you, or what? Yeah,
3: well, they would have found me out there where I was, but I uh-huh. said, you know, I didn't even want to walk by myself. So I had these uh-huh. four guys, and I said, well, I, three guys, and I said, I walk with them. Uh
4: huh. Well,
3: one of them was about six five, and the other one was about six three. Of course, whenever they took one step, I had to take two.
0: <laughs>
3: so I. At the end of eight miles, though, they said, "When all fadges, we'll come for you. So they came out to pick me up at the end of eight miles. And I said, oh, no, I can't (laughs) leave now because these guys have walked with me to this point, so I'm just Uh going to go along with them the other four miles.
2: Wow. Let me tell you, along
3: about the tenth mile, I was thinking, Clara, (laughs) did your mouth open up before your body was ready to deliver? (laughs) (laughs) But I managed it I mean it got really kind of tough Those last two uh, miles Because Uh they pushed me up the hill And then I'd run down at the other end And rest and wait for them a minute And of course it didn't take but a minute Because they (laughs) they were right behind me With their long legs And so that's how I finished But we all finished in two and a half hours And we had three So we did very well
2: Oh that's beautiful What a great story Very very well Yeah. Do you, do you did you keep in contact with those gentlemen throughout the years? I did. The year? Yes. <laughs> one of them
3: retired? Well, they both retired as colonels. And uh-huh. one of them was in the uh, uh uh he was of of German descent and he
4: uh-huh. was telling
3: us about how he had walked over half of Poland and a portion of Czechoslovakia and I you know I, I hadn't gotten wow. together the to history too very well at that time.
0: And I said, "What are you doing all of that for?"
3: He said, well, the Germans were behind me. (laughs) So we learned a little bit about what had happened to folks during World War II and things of that nature at that time.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm, But one mm -hmm. of them
3: told me that day, he said, you know, and at that time I was uh, a captain. I was just a captain. I hadn't been in but about uh, five, six years. And Mm -hmm. uh, this one, he was a dentist. And he said to me, he said, you remember my name, he said, because you may change yours at some point in time, and I may not know who you are, he says, but <laughs> you remember my name because you're going to be do something great one of these days, wow. he said, and wow. I want you to remember that I was there with <laughs> you.
0: <laughs>
3: so I saw him several times, of course, before he retired, and uh, I, I had made general by that time. And he said, I told you you were going to do well.
0: <laughs>
3: but it was well, great. It was a wonderful day.
2: Yeah. That's beautiful. And and where 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 were you all? What state we were, were you in? We were down in Texas, San
0: Antonio,
3: in, Texas. Ooh,
2: in the heat. Yeah, yeah. in the heat. <laughs> yeah. In June. Okay. Oh yes, it all warm up for us down there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow that, that that's an amazing story. Now when you when you um actually were on that path and you um rose to the the status of general and brigadier general what was that like? Was that something that you eventually said this is what I'm going to do and you set your eye for that and uh, tell us about that experience.
3: Deborah, I had not a
2: clue and that
3: was going to happen to me until, that I was going to make general, until about six months before. Uh, i the first time I ever thought it was possible. But I used to, you know, go around selling people wolf tickets about things, you know. I said, listen. It's, it's no, time me I don't get
2: believe promote. that.
3: I said, listen, it's time for me to get promoted again. And they said, uh-huh. they said. How do you know? I said, well, I, you know, I've been I've been a captain for two, three years now. It must be time for me to get promoted. <laughs> and the thing was, it was the craziest thing you've ever seen. But pretty soon, I'd come up on the list.
0: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm.
3: they said, how did you know? I said, listen, I don't know nothing. I said, but, you know, isn't it great that I'm on the list? And I would be able to- So whenever I uh, started thinking about getting to be a general, and people think that, and some folks do set out, they'll tell you up front, I'm going to be a general one of these days, don't you even worry about nothing. I just wanted to make sure that I was doing the best wherever I was. That's was mm-hmm. my basic goal in this life. When I was a lieutenant, I was the best little lieutenant that you have ever seen. I'd shine mm-hmm. my little brass so folks could see me and make sure <laughs> that I'd be doing my job and covering things, and and it all worked out very well.
0: Yeah. But
3: yeah. I would tell you now, getting to generalship is not all about what it is you've done. Because mm-hmm. everybody that gets a chance to be a general has a good record when you go in that room.
0: hmm You know? Mm-hmm. I had, a,
3: I had a, an official tell me one time I went over to see him, and I said to him, I said, you know, I think I need to, uh, I've got an opportunity to be chief of the Army Nurse Corps. What do you think I need to do? He said, uh, who do you know? And I yeah. said, well, <laughs> not a lot of people. He said, let me tell you something, Clara. He said, if I go in the room, in order to uh, to be, if I had a choice of whenever my record was ready to go before the board, if I had a choice between having a good record or friends, he said, I'd choose friends.
0: Mm-hmm. So I had to start
3: mm-hmm. thinking about, now, who do I know over mm-hmm. there? Well, mm-hmm. it wasn't who I knew. It was really who knew me. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And that
3: became a very important factor in getting to be a gentleman.
2: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you said that that's a theme that you mentioned earlier in the show when you said, you know, be careful not to burn bridges. That's and I right. think that's, that's whether you're in the military, whether you're in business, in a that's traditional right. setting, corporate setting, um, People, I think, today, it, it seems like they don't remember that or know that concept, that nice. you nice. never know the, the person important. that you are looking yeah. down on or yeah. not giving them full attention. Because even Absolutely. today, I've noticed, everybody's so busy. I mean, you yeah. can't get them to return your phone call. You can't get them... You know, I know we're all busy, but to completely ignore, you never know. You never know who that person's going to be five years from now, three years, and you might need them. (laughs) Yes,
3: indeed. That's absolutely Mm -hmm. true. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the the thing is uh, you just cultivate these things, Mm -hmm. the the contacts and the relationships
2: Relationships. at any
3: opportunity. Mm -hmm.
0: Because
2: mm-hmm.
3: the other thing that people forget, and and sometimes they don't think about it, is that decisions are made about individuals when you are not even there.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know? Decisions mm-hmm. that may affect you for the rest of your life. And mm. it's all about what your relationship has been to that person
0: mm-hmm. or to mm-hmm.
3: somebody else who that person values their opinion.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. because
3: people go around Mm -hmm. and ask folk about one another all the time. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you
3: don't Mm -hmm. ever want nobody to talk bad about you, especially when you are not there.
2: Right, right, when you you don't do what you said. Right, right. And I have had Mm
3: -hmm. many of those people come back to me and said, I remember you for a good deed that you did
2: whenever
3: Mm -hmm. I was in trouble.
2: Mm -hmm. that you help
3: me out for this particular Mm -hmm. thing. And Mm -hmm. they are in a position now to help me with what it is Mm -hmm. that I am doing. It's happened Mm -hmm. so many times for me. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And
3: I I go back to to my mom and my dad and their guidance to us from the beginning, and that was Mm -hmm. treat people in the manner in which you would want to be treated and Mm -hmm. always remember dignity and respect. Goes a long way.
2: A long way. Yes, yes it does. Yeah. Yes, yes it way. does. And I never and, varied.
3: And I, and I never varied my my behavior much right. from what they told me to do. Would you say much? No. <laughs> right. No. Absolutely. Don't vary much. Right. Because you see, if you start if you start to play games in and out with that, uh, you'll forget right. which one you played last. And I can't <laughs> work all of that out. I'm not that smart. You know. <laughs> Much I much to just, keep up with. No, that's yeah, too much to keep up with my little head. And so I just try to make sure that I treat all people the same and, uh-huh. and use myself as a barometer uh, in all of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. very kind to myself now, I'll tell you. And so <laughs> I make sure that I do that to other people.
0: Because uh, it's,
3: it's you important. never
2: know when you may mm-hmm. see them folks again. hmm,
0: mm-hmm. I
2: love it. I love it. I Absolutely love it. Absolutely true. Yeah. And and speaking of your father, now you he told you a lawyer was not ladylike. <laughs> now what did he say about you going into the army? <laughs> you know, uh, what was his opinion <laughs> now, of that? <laughs> now you know he would have something
3: to say. Uh my my dad belonged to this little group and I found out that it happened in a whole lot of neighborhoods and it's and it's uh-huh. in one of those things, you know. Uh they talk a lot about men like to talk a lot about the fact that women gossip. Listen, men uh-huh. do too, you oh, know, yeah. and they do it for a reason. Uh, but uh, but the thing that that happened was he had a little group that he went to, all the farmers gathered at this country store,
0: you know, uh-huh. and they get uh-huh. up there and they
3: talk about their crops and everything, but they also talk about their what was going on in their families and what was happening. So I went home and I talked to my mother about going into the Army and how I could, if with the Army paying my tuition, room, and board, how I would have some money freed up so that I could help him out rather than me mm-hmm. having to work the three jobs I was trying to work to get me some food. And mm-hmm. so uh so she but I they had to sign for me to go. So I was over there that weekend trying to get the the paper signed and he went up to the to the store and uh to the country store and talked to the boys and he came back home and he said, "You know, they say that uh, the only reason why Clara wants to go into the army is to find a man."
0: <laughs> and i
3: remember till today my mother's behavior she oh. didn't often put her hand on her hip but when she did you were going to get it <laughs> so she said there is nothing that clara cannot can do in that army
2: that she uh-huh. can do
3: right here in this all right she said furthermore sign your name on this paper <laughs> so
0: he signed, and I
3: still had a paper. He signed over there.
0: And I was wow. on my
3: way. I'm telling you.
2: And I That's never looked awesome. back
3: after that time. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. Did he live to see you as uh, the, you know, in your position there no in Walter Reed? Okay. No, man. Okay. Okay. He okay. never, wow. well, we, you know, my dad
3: was never in the military because uh, at, uh, during World War II, one of the mm-hmm. boys had to stay at home, and so all five okay. or six of his brothers served,
0: all right? Okay, And the okay. ones in the
3: Navy and a couple were in the Army, and they were kind of all mm-hmm. over. But mm-hmm. Daddy was kept at home, and so he stayed home, so he never served. But I will tell mm-hmm. you, I've never known a person who never served, who knew the ranks. Who knew
2: everything. And okay. I got,
3: and, I, you see, I saw, you know, that uh, whenever I had managed, because I'd been in the Army about seven years, and I was on the list for major, which was... Uh-huh. Pretty good moving, I'll tell you. Uh-huh. And so I went home and would rush to tell him about it and everything. And he said, yeah, but, you know, the next one is lieutenant colonel, and you ought to be able <laughs> to do that. <laughs> never gave me a rest for nothing. <laughs> never. And I will tell you, I learned how to be a very good workaholic. Yes. Know? And I have yes. never, ever. Uh, there, There are downsides to that but there are upsides that will get you into some places so that one day you can sit down and, and go back and forgive everybody for them downsides that you had problems with. I didn't back know what it was to sit down and do nothing. He just, he right. just did not allow that.
0: You right. That was right. just
3: not right. one of those things that we did. And so uh, right. I learned a lot about hard work and how to do a lot of other things, but I'll tell you it paid off for me in nursing practice. Right.
2: very very well. And, and what do you advise I love your, your the terms youngsters you know because I guess even in age and even in experience it it seems that a lot of times our generation has just missed a lot you know it's just a mm-hmm. a gap in mm-hmm. the way we Traditionally, were brought up in some of the fundamentals and the strength and the, the just fireballness. You know, you don't come across Clara L. Adams Enders too often anymore. You know, so what what advice do you give those who are entering into the nursing programs today and want to uh, enter into the army as well?
3: Well, I tell them uh, uh, most of the time to just consider doing it. And don't talk about a career up front and that type of thing, because mm-hmm. there's some real advantages to, mm-hmm. uh, be, in my estimation, to be uh, being a part of serving in defense of this nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a long situation where you stay for a very long period of time. But you can gain some experience as a nurse in the military that you would not be able ever to get in the civilian world. One of the first uh, kinds of experiences that you get is the ability to work with many different types of people from many colleges and universities around this country, and uh, very often to go to many parts of the world that you may not otherwise have gone. That has been part of my experience in this whole thing. But the one thing that uh, that uh, that I realized one time that I realized this and started to think about it is that we try and build teams and to help people to work together to get the mission accomplished. Because you always go out knowing what it is that you're going to have to do and who's going to be able to help you with this and what it is that you're going to be able to deliver. And, mm-hmm. and that's called the mission, all right? So when you're a part of the mission, you're going to spend your time trying to get that together. But when I was at Walter Reed, I was the chief nurse at Walter Reed, I had nurses there from 254 colleges and universities around mm-hmm. the country. Mm. All right? And the big challenge, you see, is to bring that group together as a team and make sure that they hum together. All right?
0: <laughs> and I'll tell you,
3: sometimes that's a real challenge. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because without our competitive sense, it has to do with the part of the country you came from and the school you went to <laughs> and things of that nature. Everybody thinks they came from the best.
0: <laughs> You'll see.
3: But it wasn't about who was best over there at that point in time. It's about putting together a nursing team to provide the nursing care to soldiers because we mm-hmm. are all in one unit right now. It's mm-hmm. called at one service, and it's called the United States Army. And so, you know, it's getting folks to rise above that and to do the things that they need to do. And I will tell you, they do a great job uh, mm-hmm. once you have gotten them all together and ready to sing.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And you know, we we in closing with your portion of the interview, we are excited that we also have Captain Jasmine Booth that's on, and she's going to be talking with us a little bit about um, her organization called Final Salute that um, actually she serves uh, female homeless veterans, and she's going to talk about uh, there's over 13,000 that the numbers are of homeless female veterans um, Mm -hmm. today in the United States. And, you know, when you look at the time that you spent in your service, You know, now I know you are very active um, as well as you retire. Tell us some of those things that you're doing and why is it important for you to continue to do that, and why should we take the time out to really celebrate Veterans Day and not just think of, oh, okay, the bank is going to be closed or (laughs) the mail is not going to run today? Why should it be important to us?
3: Well, let me tell you how come it uh – it should be important to you. And first, just let me say that I salute all veterans today, and I thank you for your service uh, because mm-hmm. that's important. Uh, and As a matter of fact, uh, many of them would just serve today, and who are serving today just would love to hear somebody say thank you. They just, mm-hmm. they love that more than anything else. Uh, but the reason how come we should care is that, and someone said this, and I can't remember who said it, but it certainly emphasizes the importance of a veteran. Someone said that a veteran is a person who made the decision a long time ago to write a blank check payable mm-hmm. to the United States of America up to and including my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Because we do have a lot of folks who have fallen. You see, uh, during this time. And so they have done that, and they have done that because of their tremendous desire to serve uh, in defense of this nation. And so that's what they do. And that's how come we ought to care, because the service of those individuals has guaranteed us many freedoms that we otherwise would not enjoy today. And Mm -hmm. that's the reason how come every time I see a person in uniform or anyone that is a veteran at any point, I try and say thank you uh, to Mm -hmm. them because I know about the tremendous sacrifices that they have made just to serve. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I
3: think it's real important that we never forget that you can equal the service of a veteran to freedom uh, in the United States today
0: because Mm -hmm. that's what
3: they do. They guarantee that fact, right, by serving in defense of this nation. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, you have heard from none other. Oh, I tell you one other thing, too, Deborah, about
3: what it is that I do. And we want you to
2: stay Uh, on, too. Yeah, I will. I will do Mm -hmm. that.
3: But one of the things that I do these days is I uh, sit right now as a member of the uh, Minority Veterans uh, Committee of the Department Mm -hmm. of Veterans Affairs. And I go Mm -hmm. over and I I help them in terms of dealing with the whole uh, uh, care of veterans for for the rest of their lives uh, in many instances.
0: Mm -hmm. And the second Mm -hmm.
3: thing that I do is because I do believe that uh, it is important that folk get prepared for the the jobs that they do, uh, because just because I believe we shouldn't fight wars anymore doesn't mean mean that we're going to stop them today. So I, I think that folk need to be very well prepared to do that. So I have an endowed scholarship in my husband's name down at uh, my alma mater, my undergraduate alma mater, uh, for the ROTC students uh, there. And a second one uh, for in the name of my mother and dad, because they were the ones that respons- was, was responsible for getting me onto the road to education, because I still believe that's our best shot for anything to happen great for us in this country. And so I set up a second scholarship in uh the their names uh for nursing students because we're always going to have the need for nurses because nurses are special people. Those folks yeah. that keep people alive.
2: Yes, yes. I know I fell in love with you all when I was in the hospital for six weeks on bed rest with my baby. Oh, with a baby. Yeah, yeah. And that's the experience, what they did for me. I gained respect, totally, you know, because I couldn't do for myself. So very, very grateful. To All nurses, as well, well you've heard from general clara l adams Ender we 're going to take a short break, come right back, and hear from jasmine, jasmine excuse me, Jasmine Booth, who actually has served in the military for over ten years in the United States Army. She's achieved the rank of captain and is currently serving as a human resource officer in the United States Army National Guard. Jazz is also deployed during the OIF and the OEF campaigns, and the bulk of her military career has been working with and advocating for soldiers and their family members. Uh, she is, as we said, the founder of the organization Final Salute, and their mission is to provide Homeless female veterans with safe and suitable housing. So when we come back, we're going to hear from the Dynamic Jasmine Booth. One moment.
4: Do you find yourself overwhelmed in paperwork? Are you struggling with administrative tasks preventing you from doing what you really love? Then consider hiring a virtual assistant. Call M. Alexander and Associates, Incorporated, toll free at one 877 894 or join them on the web at www.iwillassistyou.net.
1: Would you like to reach quality professionals? Expose your product and services to thousands on a monthly basis? Advertise with the Wealthy Sisters Media Group. Our packages include both on-air and website banner placement. Call our offices today at 1-800-917-9435, extension 803. Or visit our website at www.wealthysisters.com to begin building your brand
2: today. We're live and back on Wealthy Sisters. It's been a powerful show today. You've just heard, if you tuned in and you caught the tail end of General Adam Tender, we want you to definitely know you can catch this show and all of our others at Wealthy Sisters Radio. That's Wealthy Sisters, S-I-S-T-A-S. Radio.com. I want to welcome to the line now our very special guest, Captain Jasmine Booth, who happens to be the founder of Final Salute. Hello, Captain Jasmine Booth. How are you today?
4: I am doing great. How are you?
2: Wonderful. Well, we thank you for joining us uh, today on Wealthy Sisters, and again, we thank you for all of the great service that you have rendered on behalf of our country and all of the incredible things you are doing to serve female veterans. So welcome again, and thank you for being here
4: and for doing the things that you do. Yeah, I really want to say that uh, that interview with uh, General Ender, it was just inspiring and Uh, That's a very tough act to follow, so I really don't know what to say right now to follow that. But, I mean, she is just a phenomenal woman, and I commend her. And, you know, she would always serve as an inspiration to other, you know, African-American female officers like myself that are are coming up through the ranks. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, she paved the way, you know, for what a lot of us are doing today.
2: Yes, she did. And and we also know that you all are also members of the Rock organization as well. I believe she sits on the chairman of the board. I think she, she does there as well. What is that organization
4: about? Um, they're, they're a nonprofit organization, and they're um, an organization uh, that supports, um, you know, brother and sisterhood among African-American officers, spouses, wives um, um, that are in the military. And they have chapters. Uh, nationally, and I'm part of the, uh, the the DC chapter that's here.
2: Okay, wonderful. Now I know you are doing some some powerful things with your organization, the Final Salute. Tell us about that, um, what it does, and the whole purpose. And you have an event that's coming up this weekend as well. If you could share with us, I know you're partnering with another organization.
4: Yes. Uh, well, basically, the the mission of Final Salute um, Inc. is to provide safe and suitable housing to homeless female veterans um, and their children. The reason for me starting uh, Final Slow, Inc., I will just give you a a short testimony um, to a long journey. But basically, um, back in 2005, in August, I I was a single parent. Um, I lost everything I owned to Hurricane Katrina. And a uh, month later, um, I was diagnosed with an aggressive stage 2 head, neck, and throat cancer. Um so basically I can attest to the power of a second chance through the second chance that God afforded me and final salute is giving that same second chance um back to female veterans.
2: Mm-hmm, mhm. And you know, there we we know that's why you started because you, you know, had that personal experience as well. Why is this number so high? I mean, why are we even dealing with something like this with with female veterans?
4: I I would say most people don't even know that a a homeless female veteran population exists. And that the female veteran homeless population is very different from the, the, the historical male veteran um that faces homelessness. Whenever you say homeless uh veteran you think of your male Vietnam vet area Era veteran mm-hmm. that you know may have lambs lost or you know mm-hmm. may have had issues with the Vietnam War, and just never get back on their feet and that's what people associate with a homeless veteran, but the female veteran population has just grown so fast that the most of the resources are male male centric and they were not ready to accept the female veterans in the numbers that they are coming in and the most of the women that we support are from your iraq Afghanistan campaign, so these are these women are still you know very young in age, very early body, have a lot of life to live, but they the resources that are there are just not to support them and there they the issues that attribute to homelessness among female veterans run a gambit um such as unemployment inability eligibility or lack of veteran benefits, legal trouble, mental health issues, disabilities divorce separation, domestic violence. Lack like of family or social support network, um, and substance abuse, to name a few. Um, another issue is most of female veterans are uh, single mothers, and there are a lot of you know shelters and organizations that are, you know, not able to accommodate women with children. So these women are not your women who are you know sleeping under bridges or sleeping on a um, a bus bench. Some of these women they live from home to home, and a lot of them stay in abusive relationships um just to make sure their their children have a, a roof over their head and food to eat so like I said, between the the male veteran that's homeless, the situation the picture is a lot different from the women who are facing homelessness
2: mhm mhm now what what um are some of the things that we can do and to support your organization and first of all, give us the website um that we can go to and, and how can we serve you and in the in the current needs that you have in your organization
4: okay um our website is www.finalsaluteinc.org. um with any nonprofit you know funding is always a challenge uh but on the the bright side we have just opened up our our first home for single female veterans in Fairfax and wow. um, we actually yeah, we're actually placing the women in the home this weekend. Um so what wow. we need for that property, of course, uh, we need, you know, furniture furniture donations, uh, first and foremost, new or like new. So that's that's our um military we say our fifty meter target, what we're looking to closely is to get them, you know, nice things to put in the put in the homes and you know, so mm-hmm. they can have that homely environment and you know the house is uh 4000 square feet it has six bedrooms in it fully really? finished basement it's a beautiful i w- i would live wow. there <laughs>
2: it's a, it's a very <laughs> 4, beautiful beautiful property
4: Dude. yeah yes. it's, it's very nice and i just so when you put mm-hmm. people in a nice area and you know with nice things they'll they'll you mm-hmm. know their self esteem arise and they will know that people really care about them and and they deserve mm-hmm. it they deserve to be mm-hmm. in that environment in, in in a very beautiful home
2: hmm hmm So do they have a, a set time that um, you help them with the transition? Are there um, needs? So do you have a system in place already that can help them, like with job or business development? Yes,
4: mm-hmm. we have multiple uh, resource partners, and we understand that housing is just, you know, one entity of the, the issue, the resources that they're lacking. So we do partner with other organizations that give the education, assistance, counseling, um, training, employment, searching, job training, those type of things to help them have a, you know, a, a well-rounded uh, circle of circle of services for them. Oh, I'm sorry. And they have so uh, up to 24 months. We give them 24 months in the home, and there we um, give them an individualized uh, program plan. It's it's not one size fits all with us because everybody has different needs, different backgrounds. Uh, but you know, we help them put a savings plan together. So we're at the end of that two years, they have um, a nice amount of uh, money saved, so they can go out on their own and um, hopefully regain their independence.
2: All right. Sorry about that technical difficulty there. As okay, I was no asking, um, what, did you do you have some systems in place as far as transition, or are you in support of that as well as far as training and development?
4: Uh, okay. Yes. We um, again, um, housing is just uh, one. It's our main uh, focus, but, of course, we have okay. resource partners that do the employment training, the job assistance, the counseling, the education, even helps them with transportation. And they can stay in our facilities for up to 24 months. If they okay. happen to get to a point where they want to leave earlier, that's fine. It's a voluntary program. We're just there to assist them. But we do have you know, quite a few resource partners that help us provide those other supportive services um, mm-hmm. that they need.
2: Mhm. And so in this particular facility, you said it's a six bedroom. How how many women um are you able to take in?
4: Well, we would put five there um mm-hmm. in in that particular house. They all have their, their own bedroom. Um okay. only I believe two uh may share a bathroom again it's a, it's a 4000 square foot house. So it's you know more than enough space. They won't, you right. know. Bump into each other, bump over each other. It's it's and they work as a as a sisterhood unit, you know. So everybody's wow. there to help everybody. And the one thing about female veterans is we're used to living in areas. I just came from a class, um, even in basic training, there were like 60 different women, and we had one bay, you know. So this <laughs> is not an environment they're not used to. It's very it's a right. cushy, comfy environment because again, you have your own space. Uh-huh. And you know you have a door that you can close and you know close out to everything else. So it's just a nice environment for them. And again, we're here to to help them regain their independence and and just assist them on their on their journey toward toward success.
2: Wow. So this weekend you're actually moving into uh, the new home there, and you I think you mentioned something about an event as well. Is that around that or is it another yes, partnership? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm.
4: Well, yeah, the the event and we. Um, in support of Women Veterans Rock. So we'll be at the the Arc Theater in D.C. and what we're actually doing as part of that event is we'll be giving away uh, free household items to Bed Bath & Beyond for any female veterans and that includes currently serving military, reserve and guardsmen who may just need some household items. Everybody's welcome to come down, and if they need things, everything's just free for them to take um, based on our relationship that we have at Bed Bath and Beyond. So we're just there to support them and support our sister veterans, and try to just give them a little, um, you know, a little ease off their current situations. And um, we'll be there from 11 to 3 on uh, on Veterans Day Friday. And registration is required. You can go to our site um, to to see the Women Vets Rock link and register there.
2: Okay, and again, that's finalsaluteinc.org, finalsaluteinc.org. All right, wonderful, wonderful. Well, we thank you so much for everything, again, that you're doing and for coming on our show today and and sharing uh, your mission, and we definitely want to stay close and stay in contact. Are you on Facebook as well? Can people connect with you there?
4: Yes, Final Solid Inc. does have a Facebook page as well. Yes. Okay. And we also have a, a meetup group. Um you can go to meet meetup group and put in um homeless female veterans, D C area and um our meetup uh-huh. group will come. And those are people who want to stay, you know, involved and connected and um hopefully volunteer.
2: Volunteer, wonderful, wonderful. Well, General Adams Ender, we want to thank you as well for tuning in and being a part of our show uh, today. Can you give out your contact information for those who'd like to get in contact with you, or perhaps have you come and speak at an event?
0: Yes,
3: thank you, Deborah. Uh, it is best to contact me by email. Uh, my my personal email is clara Cares at Comcast.net, and my website is www.claracares.com.
2: Beautiful, beautiful. That's claracares.com, and email is claracares uh, at comcast.net. Yes. All right. That's wonderful. Well, you all have made a wonderful show for us today. want to encourage everybody to go out right now. If you know someone that has served in the military, you know someone that's still serving in the military, please call them, text them right now, and tell them thank you for doing the things that they do. And remember them on Friday the 11th. We're not so excited about whether the bank is closed or whether the post office is not running, all of those things it is a day that we should really, really pay homage to the veterans for the great work that they've done. Well, tune in next week for another powerful show. We thank everybody for being here in the chat room and as well on the lines as well. And remember, you can listen to this show and all of others at Wealthy Sisters, S-I-S-T-A-S radio. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Wishing you and all of yours the best of everything great. Take care.
0: This
1: has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters, brought to you by the professional black woman, turning your concepts into cash. Join Deborah Hardnett, our host next week, as she interviews another powerful, progressive, and positive sister, and visit us on the web at www.wealthysisters.com. That's www.wealthysisters.com.